0: I want to thank everybody for a wonderful year. It's our habit in this church to tell you how the year went. Nothing up our sleeve. We present everything to you. Uh, Today we're also giving out the the end-of-the-year giving reports. Make sure you look at the numbers of what you've given to the different areas, uh, tithe and offering, missions and building. Make sure it matches what you made over the year of 2017. If you're a faithful tither, how many care about being a faithful tither? Amen. Make sure it matches, and then make sure it matches your records. We want to make sure your records match our records. Oftentimes people will accidentally put miscellaneous or not their name or give cash, and sometimes they're thinking that they gave such and such, but it went in our miscellaneous. So we have to go back over it and make sure we found your name, okay? And that's why Nancy always says, write your name on the envelopes. But uh, 12 years going, we've been doing awesome at keeping records. So let's give it up for our record-keeping people, the administrators. Amazing job. And so today, who you would want to go see is Pastor Griselda, wherever she is at. If we can get her in the room, please, just to have her here. And then another thing that we like to offer to our people throughout uh, the year is that at any time you want to look at our finances, you can do that. Now, all nonprofits are supposed to do that, but we just make that really simple and easy for you. So at any time, there she is. There's Griselda. So when you come back here, Griselda will be your point person today. But uh, at any point, you can ask us for a printout, and we can go year to date and just, hand it to you you can look at our whole entire year right now where everything has went um you can even understand how much my wife and i have made all of that none of that is secret we believe that should be open to you and i think all churches should be that way amen i think you should know how much your pastor makes i think you should know uh, how much uh, is being spent on different things i think that is fair knowledge for anyone who gives to a nonprofit, and we lovingly willingly do that can i hear an amen Amen. As a matter of fact, what I will do is I will put the PDF on this blog of our year-end uh, QuickBooks report. How would that be? Just take the initiative. Amen. And then if you go back to this blog, I'll try to get it done in between the two services here, you can go and look at where the money was spent. Okay, so today we're just going to go through this. I, I'm excited. Feel free to make as much noise as you want because it's going to be really awesome, okay? So the number one thing for us is discipleship, and uh, for us, discipleship is what fuels the ministry. And we had an average this year of 153 disciples. Let's give it up for disciples. As you look at the chart here, the blue are the elders, the red are the deacons, the green are the 201ers, the purple are the 101ers. We had a record-setting December. This was one of the things I wanted to share with you. At December, we had 166 disciples. Give it up for Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so if you have not joined our discipleship, we encourage you to do so. Now let me just say this here, do a little family talk with you. Sometimes we get people from other churches that say, hey, I did this at another church. You know, can I come in as a leader? And, and trust me when I say I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. But, but if I could pull up my shirt and show you some sheep bites, some scars, I would tell you why I can't do that anymore. We don't know where people are coming from anymore. It's just a sad state of affairs in the church world. We, we don't know you. We don't. We don't know the church you came from. Uh, we've had people come here, say all the right things, do all the right things, and then we put them in leadership, give them the keys. They're looking at porn. They're cheating on their wife. They're talking bad about others, and it causes a mess. So, so please, when you come from another church, two things, just hear our heart. Number one, we honor you. We believe in what you do. Trust me, I have one of my greatest elders right now coming from uh, um, uh, Afghanistan to visit his wife in Germany because he's serving the Lord as a military man, you know, and uh, yeah, that's his calling, is to be in the military. Can I hear an amen for that? And uh, when he went to another church, he had to go through their process. And, and I told him, I said, brother, uh, there is a sad state of affairs in churches today. So if they ask you to start over again, do not take that the wrong way. And he was as cool as Ricky is. If you guys know who Ricky is, Ricky's about our coolest elder we have. Uh, Ish, Ish is about our nicest elder we have, but Ricky's about our coolest one. But this guy was cooler than Ricky, cooler than Ricky, okay? Let me just tell it to you like that. But he had to start over. You all know David Montez. I should have said his name, David and Monica Montez. And he had to start over. But you know, in about a year or so, he became a leader in his church, and that is fine, okay? Uh, Some denominations can work together. That's wonderful. Let them do that. When we plant more Metro praises, we'll be able to work together. But please hear me when we tell you that we're not doing that because we don't love you and honor you. And number two, number two, I can guarantee you whatever we're doing here will bless you and honor you. So just think of it like this. Most churches have. Have a midweek where the pastor gets up and gives lessons again, teaches again. I don't do that here. We send you back into life groups. So what I would ask you to do is go to our 201 and consider that your midweek and graduate and at least now you have a diploma and an ordination instead of going to a continual Wednesday Bible study and whatever do you have to show for it, okay? So I just say if you're a traditional church goer, you go Sunday and Wednesday, substitute our Wednesday with that 201, get a degree and then join that life group and start multiplying. So we love you. We hear it from most people that come. As a matter of fact, we've lost people because of that. I've lost uh, older people this year. They love the Lord and all that. But here's the way I look at it. If you're not down to do this with us, which is the very thing I've suffered for the most, then God just hasn't called you here. And I don't do that to be sassy and and kick people out. It's just, I can't change this. I I have gone through too many issues with trying to go around the discipleship. And uh, and here's the way I just want to tell you guys. If you go through the seven step and the 201, you can start serving and doing ministry. Amen? But I cannot get away from this. This is my heart and Passion. And let me just, everybody look up at me, please. Thank you. Thank you for doing this with us because it's quite awesome, okay? Here's our Sunday attendance. We averaged 242. Give it up for Jesus. You can look at the comparison, 2016 is in blue, 2017 is in red. Uh, You can see there was a great dip and a great uh, climax there between the blue and the red, and the reason was is because Easter hit on a different month from 16 to 17. But what I think is really cool right here is if you look at what was our March uh, peak with Easter became pretty much our red line average, especially in the summer months, for the church. And that's why I always like to do it. What was a peak the year before now becomes an average. And then, uh, of course, we we always go down from August to September. I don't know why. And then we started picking back up towards the end of the year. But the last service is always a little bit tough. And then last year, I didn't even take December's attendance because we had like two snow days. And then we had to cancel our Christmas thing. And it was just wild. Okay. So let's keep going. 2017, disciples in attendance summary, disciples are up by 5% from 146 in 2016 to 153 in 2017. That's a plus 7. Grew by 16% in elders and deacons. And by the way, that's a main category of growth we always want to see. We want to see the red and the blue grow. So from the start of here at 17 and 27 to 33 and 18, this is a big deal. That's 16 percent growth. And then when it comes to the attendance, we grew by 8 percent from 226 in 2016 to 242 in 2017. That's plus 16 uh, percent, 16 people. And then 90 uh, percent of Metro Praise is in discipleship. Amen. Let's give it up for Jesus. God is faithful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as you can see, just look around. This is a great first service, and the second service is just about the same. So we've managed to really figure out our first and second services, and my goal is now to fill both of them up. And if we fill both of them up, we'll be averaging 300, okay? So let's keep going and keep growing. Now here's our life groups, which were just the rock stars. How many love life groups? Can I hear an amen? <laughs> Y'all are the best. Y'all are the rock stars of the church. You know, this is how we build the community of our church. That's why I gave up the midweek. And y'all know I love to preach. Come on. Y'all know I love to preach. I mean, I could come back here five days a week and preach again. But I gave up the midweek so you guys could go into homes and Bible studies and teenagers leading the Bible study. I mean, instead of having one guy do it, we have 13 leaders now. And most of them have a plurality of leaders. So instead of it being a one-man show during the week, there's probably 30 people that are teaching and preaching the gospel. is awesome, awesome. Okay, so feel free to make some noise when you hear about your life group. Sunday marriage group had a high of thirty-six, average of twenty-six. Single moms bi-weekly had a high of eighteen this year, an average of fourteen. Tuesday elevate resistance bi-weekly had a high of thirty-seven. Wow, good job, guys. Average of nineteen. A Tuesday encounter prayer group had high of sixty-two, an average of forty-three. Wednesday kings kids had their high at the Christmas two fifty-one, an average. Averaging 75, bring out your kiddos. They are your neighbor's kids if they're getting on your nerves. Go, you're coming with me to church. Don't kidnap them. Don't blame it on me. Okay. Just get their parents' permission. A uh, Thursday gang outreach, 10, and had an average of 6, reaching the gangs. Govea's Bible study, a high of 37 right at the end of the year. Averaging 22. Vivids, high of 26 as well. At Thanksgiving outreach, average of 14. The Elevate Ambassadors, high of 13, average of 11. Saturday Evangelism, had a high high of 141 for Boricua Fest and an average of 16. And by the way, with the truck and moving to once a month evangelism, I want us to blow it up. I know it's a little cold now, but once we get that truck once a month, I want a hundo. I want to drop a bill of MPI on communities. Are you listening? And then we added three new life groups for this year. The Sunday family had a high of 62 doing an outreach for the thanks, um, the Halloween out there in the parking lot, Trunk or Treat, averaging 30. Uh, Wednesday Spanish life group had a high of 29 for their Christmas outreach, average of 13, Fuego, Gloria Dios. And Saturday Elevate Conquerors had a high of 22 and an average of 16. When you add all of those numbers together, that is a total monthly average of 305 people attending NPR. MP- life groups isn't that amazing that's what God can do that's not averaging the highs that's not taking the highs that's taking the averages everything here on an average month that's who we have coming to our life groups so the monthly average went from 233 last year to 305 this year that's 72 new people 31 percent growth you can see that's a winner winner chicken dinner The variety of these life groups go from the uh, ages of infant to adult, from gangs to marriage to weekly to monthly. And the overall, meaning who comes to our church, there's 126% participation in our life groups. That's more than people who come to our church because some can go doubles, and we understand that. And it's also a great opportunity to reach new people that don't come to the church. So there's a good number, at least another 15 to 20, that are coming either with their children on Wednesdays, going to the Bible studies. I know uh, um, the Friday Bible study, have at least 10 that don't come to church or 5 to 10 somewhere around there, same with the youth and so we are blowing it up with these life groups come on, somebody say God is good amen, thank you very much for all your support there, here's some great ministry highlights, two SUM Bible College graduates, let's give it up for Jose Riasco and for uh, Steve Ramos thank you and then this year coming into this year we started with our uh, our tie of our largest class we started with almost uh, 15 how many was it 15 15 SUM students. And by the way, they don't graduate all at the same time because some are on different plans. But let me just tell you what a two SUM graduate means to me. That's like two Navy SEALs, guys. That's amazing. That is awesome. Some churches never graduate anybody from Bible college. We have them consistently every year graduating, going into the full-time ministry. Eight new ordained deacons, praise God, and 46 baptism. That was a record baptism year. Thank you, Jesus. Let me put a couple other ministry highlights here. Nahum and Stephanie got engaged. Let's give it up for them. We have some weddings happen this year, some weddings. I've already showed you about them. And we have some babies that have been uh, born this year and some new babies in the womb this year. Amen. So God is doing wonderful things. Thank you for sharing your life with us. Let's look at the shekels. 2017, we brought in $273,645.41. Let's give it up for Jesus and what you guys did. That is a 35,000, 15% increase from 2016. Praise the Lord. Now, can I just talk to you about that today? When God increases us by that much, that doesn't grow on trees. That comes from your life. And so I want to thank you. I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, thank you. My wife and I were allotted fifty thousand dollars a piece when we started this year. Uh, started uh, the church, and we've never received it. Even this year, we just finally cracked into eighty thousand. And you'll see why I didn't take my full hundred thousand. I wanted to put a lot of that into savings. But you have enabled my wife and I to live a good life with our five children, to pastor this congregation, to have everything here in the facility to be in excellence, and for us to support the work of God, whether it be overseas, different ministries that you see happening here, all of the giveaways that we do during the Christmas time or the Barikwa Fest, this money is well spent. I want to tell you, to the very penny that is right there, to the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for that, and our goal is to start putting more staff into the salary position. We have a few that we're paying their cell phones for, a few that we're giving a stipend to, but we believe that there's going to be so much more for them. Amen, and so here's something I just want you to think about right now, because I've watched my dad my entire life. My parents were Christians. They weren't born Christians. They had to get born again, obviously, but I watched them be Christians my entire life. Whenever my dad's business was up, Or whenever my dad's business was low, you know what? My dad was always faithful to give. And he always taught me that when I take care of God's business, he'll take care of my business. And I watched that in my life. And I watched my dad have to actually close a business. And sometimes you may be in the middle of that. You may be going through something like that. And it may be difficult for you to come here and the church is doing so good. You're saying, I wish I had a 35000 raise this year. I wish my business, some of your business may be even bigger than this. You may say, I wish I had a 15% increase, so forth. But here's the deal. Be faithful and God will make you fruitful. Do not give up during those hard times. I would watch my dad be faithful to tithe even when the business was closing. And God started a new business with him, and God blessed him. And so here's the deal. What you can do when you see a church increase like this, if you're not in that moment yourself, look at this as a sign. When we're driving into a city, we always get excited when we start seeing signs for the city, don't we? I know my kids do. You know, when we're going to go to New Orleans, we're going to get excited when we start seeing the signs for New Orleans. It's going to say 100 miles. It starts off like 600 miles, you know. Then it gets closer, and it gets closer. Those signs are an indication you're coming to something. You're in the right direction. You may not be where you want to be yet, but you're in the right direction. You Are you listening to me? And so I want to tell you guys, you're in the right direction. Be faithful. Stay committed to God. He will bless your finances. I promise you, I've been doing this long enough. Just like I mentioned some of our elders, I married most of our elders by God's grace. Ricky and Rachel, Ish and Robin, a lot of these people you guys look up, I married them I watched them start off Working part time jobs I watched Ricky Before he was a police officer Work at uh, Where did he work He worked the container store. Yes, I I knew him as a young man working at the container store. Now he owns a home. You know, he has what many of you would walk into and say, this is a blessed life. Look at his life. But he didn't start that way. Okay, and it's not that he hasn't had challenges. You just stay faithful, and God will make you fruitful. And then there's other people that will say, well, I don't have to give to the church for that. I can just do my own thing. You know what? You can have money without acknowledging God in life. That is true. God's given you the ability to have money without you being a Christian. But that money will burn a hole in your soul. You will not be satisfied. You'll wonder why you're on your second or third marriage. You'll wonder why things are not working out and the money will not fix your problem. But put God first and money will be a blessing. It will be a tool in your life. Can I hear an amen? We don't love money. We love God. And so here are some things to look at from our budget highlights. Building offering, we raised over $16,000 for a new shed, projector, and ministry truck paid in full, baby. We gave over $11,850 to missions, both local and abroad. And now notice this. We raised eleven thousand eight dollars to give away, but we ended up almost giving away $17,000, up 3,628% from last year. That means we took out of our own money and just gave it. Come on, somebody. And we support missions all over the place. We support missions in Africa, okay, with Gene and Tisa. We support, with our missions dollars, the persecuted church with Open Door. I su- We support, and, and I send that on your behalf, to Open Door Ministry. We support where I was church planting before I came to Chicago in New Orleans, a church, Raven Church, that is called to reach the inner city and Bourbon Street. We support them. We also support various one-time gifts throughout the year, like the outreach to uh, Puerto Rico, That happened with some of our fellow pastors that went out there, and then we give to people in the church when they have need, and so when you just think of just the land, Yap. let's not even look at the uh, 11,000 or whatever, but just the 3,600 more we gave last than we did last year, just think about what 3,000 divides into 12 months. That's that's hundreds of dollars going into the community, helping people. That's why this church is the way it is. That's why you're a happy church, amen, because we are a giving church. So thank you for your support. And you know what's awesome is, is every year we try to come up with a missions project or a building fund, but we never fake the funk. If it's not something in our heart and passion to do, we don't do it. So this year, we don't even have one yet to present to you because at the end of the year, you guys were such rock stars taking on the ministry truck, which we normally just do one building fund, one mission. But since we put a mission into buildings, you guys are just amazing. So everything is everything is met right now. Can I hear an amen? The bills are paid. Everything is paid cash in full. We all know, man, nothing. No credit card. Don't owe Amex. One thing. And how many want to see what we have in savings? How many are happy for savings? Now remember, I don't want you to think of me like a hero, okay? But I have to tell you honestly about these numbers. We have been lotted 50-50 for a total of 100, but my wife and I took shy of about 14,000 of that, maybe right around 86, 84. I have to look at the exact numbers this year, and I'll tell you why, because I'm pushing hard for savings. I want there to be at least three to six months of operational budget and savings, and any entrepreneur understands this. If I get paid and I don't have money in the church, what what am I going to do next week, right? There'll be no church, and then at the same time, every parent understands this. You may want a new pair of shoes, but your children need a new pair of shoes. You're going to wear those shoes for another month. Come on, somebody. And so that's just what we do. So I want you to rejoice with us, but I want you to know the story behind the story because you have a pastor that loves and believes in you. But I also want you to pray for me because my goal this year is that we can pull down that full salary for the first time ever in our history, and we can have the savings and all of these things. So we have $7,003.06 in missions. That is broken down for $4,000 in the Philippines. I ain't forgot about the Phillies. We still got it there, <laughs> sitting in the bank getting interest. We raised this money about three years ago, and some things came up where we couldn't take all the trips at once and jerry and tony are ready to go when they get some extra time but we are going to continue to keep that money in savings the monies we've already given to them have been for books and supporting pastor ray's orphanage and so forth we dedicated out of that uh, two thousand dollars for the truck we already took a few hundred out but seventeen hundred ninety three is left and then one thousand two hundred ten dollars is there for general missions whenever i got to pull up to puerto rico or something we just pull it right out we're ready to go can i get an amen Building offering is cleared because we've raised all the monies. I pulled the rest of it into the general account, ready to do the work. So I got $1,811 ready to do work on that truck once it stops being a refrigerator and we can get it warm enough to start cutting things uh, open. And maybe that's what Carlos wants to talk to me today about because him and some brothers want to start working on this. So we still have ready to rock and roll for our our renovations $3,604 to get that truck up and running to be the stage ministry truck. Amen. And this is a great big exciting thing. General savings, $26,000. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, put in work for that. Thank you you gave and we had more than enough, I put it right into the bank. I put it right into the bank. There was one temptation I had this year. When we were buying the projector, the guy who was uh, helping us with the lights and everything, he has actually the, um, the big screen, uh, they're not TVs, but they're called something. Smart board, thank you. That's what they are. And they, they're the things that are in the big arenas, you know. It looks like a TV, but when you get close to it, it's got the little light bulbs. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, the stores have them. Like this guy has one for a sign. It looks like the big electronic billboard. we were <laughs> Some of y'all looking at me crazy. I was about ready to buy that thing. I was like, let's go hard. Let's go hard. But then I was like, hold on, hold on. How much you want for this thing? And he was like $10,000. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot of money. Now, thankfully, 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 I knew at that moment it wasn't good, okay? But then I talked to the elders, and I'm like, what do you all think? Just in case maybe they got all excited about it, but they definitely were not excited about it. And they were like, no, 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 no. The projector, this $1,000 projector will be fine because literally this would throw so much light, you would all be like blinded by the thing. And it it would just be amazing what we would have pimped this storefront out to be if we would have gotten that Megatron, the Megatron. That's what I would have had, the Megatron. Somebody like, why are you in charge? Now, listen, God put me in charge. You talk to the Lord. But I have elders that help me be in charge. And my wife, too. My wife's an elder. How many know my wife? Well, how many know women know how to spend money better than men most of the time? Most of the time, I should say. But on stuff like this, she wasn't buying it. She's like, no, we don't need that. We don't even need that. So praise the Lord, we kept that money in savings. So here were our goals for 2017. Let's see how we did We had a goal of 168 disciples. We had 168 in December, only two off. So if you're not in discipleship, be in it right now and help us hit our goal. Uh, we wanted to average 250 as a solid average. Many months, we were up in the 250s, but as an average, you got to stay up in, up in that area. But we averaged 242, only off by 8. So bring your friends next week. And uh, we wanted to build a new storage, get the studio equipment and projectors so we could start recording these songs, and we got all of it. Plus, we bought that new truck, raised $11,000. So that's amazing. That's done. We wanted to save uh, $10,000. So we had a total of 7,300 at that time, and we we raised 8700 under over our goal. So we raised a total of, of around $18,000 to get that 26000 That's why I just want to say to you as a pastor. Do you understand why we were able to go $8,000 over our goal? Do you guys understand that? I don't need a pat on the back. I'm just telling you, pastor said, I'll take less, give more. I'll take less, I'll give more. I'll take less, give more. Am I telling the truth there, Sister Lauren? Yeah, I can take it. It's, it's God's gift to me. It's approved. It's there. Boom. But I want us to have that operating budget. Now, let me just share this with you because we've gone through tough times financially when the economy went bad. Come on, somebody. And I will never go through that again. I will never go through that. I would rather tighten the belt of our budget, live on less than to have anything happen with this building or your jobs. I want to be able to say, man, we got three to six months. We're ready to go. We we can keep going. We can keep the train moving. There were lessons that were learned out of that. Okay. Now, here's the goals for 2018. Everybody say, let's do it. Amen. We want to have 175 disciples, 18 life groups, 300 in attendance in both services. How many believe we can do it? Come on. And save another twelve thousand more. So I'm even saying a little bit less than what we did last year. I mean, last year was just a phenomenal year of savings. I, you know, we raised eighteen thousand. I'm saying if we just raise twelve thousand, and Nancy and I can get the full salary, that will be awesome. And then once we do that, we can start adding on others, get the bennies out there, the benefits, and we can have thirty-eight thousand in total savings. Would you pray with us this year to do this? Now tell me if this scripture makes sense to you right now. Come on, let's zone in. Everybody, look up at me, please. Everybody, zone in. Watch. Seek ye. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things you need will be added unto you. How many want to seek this with us this year? Amen. 175 disciples are people in your family. You know, I want to see your family join the ministry and get their lives changed like your life was changed. Life groups, new communities, new members being reached through that way. 300 in attendance, man, that's just filling up these side sections. Boom, and our children in the back. And having uh, that money and savings, like I said, we don't own the building, by the way. And if there's ever a thing with the landlord, he said, well, I'm just going to sell the building. They're going to build a condo here. We can go, cool, we're good, we're good, okay. You do what you got to do. We bless you. Thank you for the years we've been here, but we'll look for another facility. Uh, and, and, that, and that money, by the way, $60,000. Let me say this. hundred dollars in commercial realty goes by like this, okay? So I think maybe we'll set it for hundred dollars but it just goes by so fast. Just to give you an understanding, right on the other side of this brick wall is a community center. He built. He, he bought it for around $300,000, and then he renovated it for another $600,000. It's close to a million-dollar project. And if you look at it, there's no bells and whistles. Whistles. It's just the uh, the, uh, the water system you needed to put in when he rebuild, uh, the bathrooms with the handicap accessibility and all the bells and whistles of that. You just look in. It just looks like a normal office, nonprofit space, but it's a million-dollar project, okay? That's what we got to be ready to roll with if something would ever happen here. Now, we got great relationships with our landlord here and wonderful relationship. Pray, pray for him. His name is Lassero. He needs to know Jesus. We have a great relationship. He loves us, and we love him, and uh, that's why we want that extra shekels there, and And, baby, we want to do the 100,000. Now, some pastors would be happy with one of these campuses. When we say we want to plant 500, uh, uh, we want to have 50 campuses, 100,000 disciples, we want a campus to look like this 50 times in Chicago. If you believe God can do it, can I hear an amen? This is the goal, people. 50 campuses in Chicago with 2,000 apiece, 50 times 2,000 is what? 100,000. A hundred thousand. We want to change the way people look at church and the community. I've given my life to this. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be able to say, I was here when their campus was just a small little old thing. Now they've got rec centers. Now they've got community centers. Now they've got the Bible college. They've got the classrooms. They've got the elementary and, and high school. They've got the gym for the community. They've got the park. They're giving the Catholics a run for their money. Amen? I want us to get with it this year and say to the Lord, here I am, Lord. Send me. I will go. Amen. Let's just pray as we move on to our sermon now. Father, we just thank you for this time where we remember all that you did, God. I don't take it for granted. I don't want to look at it, Lord, like it's just business as usual. We want to take a moment to say thank you. Gracias, Señor, for what you've done in us and through us, for every life that was changed, every dollar that was given. Every community and home that was touched, Lord, both here and abroad, all the missions dollars, even the underground church that we support, Father. Oh, God. And I'm even just thinking about Pakistan. We sent $400 to my brother in Pakistan that uh, he could have a printer to print our books there because the expenses of us uh, doing it through the third party was getting too expensive, Lord. And just so many testimonies, God. And I just thank you. Thank you for all the youth that are being reached, over 50 of them this Friday, God. And Lord, there's just so much to be thankful for. The children's ministry, the the 250 people that came out for our Christmas gifts, all of them for free. Nothing is ever charged here, Lord. That's because you've given us good people. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, as we set our eyes on 2018, those here who are faithful to your church and they're faithful to give and to serve, Lord, I pray you bless them. If they are going through a tough time right now, I pray they'll see this as a sign, an indication that you're still moving, that you're still pouring out your spirit, and that they'll hold on to those promises. And, and those, those of us here, Lord, who may be experiencing the best we've ever had, Lord, may we not forget you in our success. May we be faithful to serve you as our families expand, as our territories expand. May we remember you in, in our high moments, in our mountaintops, Lord, and help us to uh, fulfill this vision of loving God, loving people. Connect, mentor, and sending, Lord, for the sake of a 100,000 disciples, for their sakes, Lord, not just for our sake, but for their sake. And 50 churches, there were 50 communities, need these facilities. And 500 churches around the world, primarily in the 1040 window, in Afghanistan, in Pakistan, in, uh, in India, in China, Mongolia, Uzbekistan. Oh, Lord, may we reach these places with your gospel. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Will you look to your neighbor and say thank you? Thank you. If I never get a chance to say thank you, I want to tell you thank you. Thank you. If I don't get a chance to shake your hand today, thank you. Let's open up our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 and onward. We're going to go through the book of Ephesians this year. How many are ready to do that? Amen, amen. This is going to be a great year of going through the In Him series. We're now starting in chapter 4, verse 1. Today I want to talk to you about living a life worthy of your calling, living worthy. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Can we read that together, 1, 2, 3? As a prisoner for the Lord, then a life worthy of the calling you have received. Thank you. Be completely humble. Kind of humble or completely humble? Be completely humble. Thank you. And gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord that's talking about Jesus. Our one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and what? In all. You've heard one of the greatest passages of the New Testament right there. Paul makes a confession of our triune God, of our baptism, and the nearness of our God. In the middle of that, he tells us where he's writing. He's writing in prison. This is the second time he's mentioned it in the book of Ephesians. So no matter what you're going through in life, no matter how hard it's been, Paul can relate to your suffering. Living for Jesus came with the cost for Paul. Living for Jesus didn't get him houses and land and more things. Living for Jesus cost Paul houses and land and things like freedom. But the thing about Paul is he's telling us he's kingdom-centered, and he's been doing that for the first three chapters. He starts off with telling us who he's writing, these people of Ephesus who are saints, who are called, they're chosen, and then he starts to tell them where their place is in God. They're in him. They're in him, seated in these heavenly places, and that this has been always a part of the plan, and then he shares with them about the great majesty of God's salvation was through Jesus dying and rising, and that that would extend the grace that we needed so that we might be saved, not by works. No one boasts here, we're the workmanship of God. And then he tells us the reason why there was Jew and Gentile and how it was always destined for them to come together in Christ as one new humanity. And he reminded us at his end of chapter 3 of a great prayer that God can do above and beyond anything we ask or think and imagine because he loves us. His love knows no width, no, no length, no depth, no height. Now, right here, Paul gets to the nitty-gritty, and he bases it on the confession of faith. This is our Christian confession. There's one body. That's the church. There's one spirit, the Holy Spirit. There is one Lord, one Jesus, one faith, one baptism. That's why when we say you can't be saved without being a Christian, we're only saying what Paul has always said, one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. And remember, whenever it makes a distinction of God the Father and Jesus as Lord, it's not saying that Lord is not equal to God. In the Old Testament, Lord was the name for God, Yahweh. So we have one Yahweh and one Father. Remember when we talked about that in Deuteronomy 6, 4, uh, Paul is taking their, their confession, their creed, which was known as the Shema, the Jewish people say twice a day, once in the morning, once at night. They would say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Paul now differentiates who is God. God is the person of the Father. Who is the Lord? It's the person of Jesus. So it's just a play on the Shema. So there isn't two lords and there isn't two gods. It's just we refer to God the Father and the Lord Jesus. You see the Trinity. You see the baptism. You see our faith. And then here at the end, you see what we learned, the panentheism of our God, the worldview that we should have, that not only is God overall, like how most pagan religions would see their gods over creation, but God is also through all creation and in all creation. Now, this doesn't mean pantheism, which is God is the tree, God is the object. No, panentheism means that God is distinct from what he's in as the rays of the sun are distinct from the sun itself. So without the sun, you have no rays. But the rays come from the sun, and they're powered by the sun, and the sun brings forth its energy through those rays. But the energies are not the essence of the sun itself. The sun itself is a separate entity than the ray, the beam that comes from it. And though God is separate from his creation, through the energies, through his presence by the Holy Spirit, he can be through all of us, in all of us, literally sustaining the very natural world. Can I hear an amen? Amen. But what I want to talk to you today is about living worthy of your calling. Now if you don't know your calling, let me just go through it quickly. Paul is assuming that they do know, and I would assume that many of you know, but it's okay to review these things. Number one, you're called to be born again. Jesus taught that in John three three. And you're called then to live like a disciple of Jesus Christ in Matthew six twenty four. So how many of you are born again? You've received your calling. How many of you are a disciple of Christ? Amen. So this is our calling. And Paul is saying, I am urging you to live a life worthy of the calling you received. Past tense. You've already received it. The next thing that we're called to do is we're called to live holy lives inside and out. We're called to be saints, the holy people of God who take serious his commands. How many saints do I have in the place today? Because if you're not a saint, you're an ain't. And ain'ts don't get to go to heaven. It's the saints that go. Now, did I make myself a saint? No, God made me a saint. Did I make myself born again? No. Did I make myself a disciple? No. The Bible says when you know the truth, the truth will set you free, and that's how you become a disciple. The Bible teaches us all of this is what God does. We just have to receive it. We receive our calling. The Bible says that we're to receive the Holy Spirit and the gifts that come with the Holy Spirit and the fruit that comes with the Holy Spirit. How many have the gifts of the Holy Spirit? How many have the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, etc. These are the wonderful things that God has placed in our lives by His Spirit. Do they come from you? No, they come from the Spirit. So when Adam gives us a powerful word today, which I had actually texted the worship leader and said, we need to slow down these times so we get the words. And that's why I then sent it to Nancy. And I said, Nancy, make sure we get this word. I just felt one was in the house. I really felt that, especially the new year. Thank you for being obedient to God. But did that come from him or the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, and same thing with love, joy, peace, etc. Those come from the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, if you want to summarize the whole thing up, all we have to do is go right back to Ephesians, which, you know, Paul is going to keep the same train of thought. He's not going to contradict himself. If we go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, this is how I would summarize it. In Paul's words, our calling is to be God's handiwork. His masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Does everybody see that? So what is the calling? The calling is to be born again, to be a disciple of Christ, to live like you're a disciple of Christ, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, have an active relationship with God. And what does that really look like? That looks like you're the masterpiece of God. How many masterpieces do I have here today? Amen. And so the idea that Paul is telling us is that now we need to live worthy of that. So here's the illustration that I want to give you today. Bethany, would you come up here, please? I want to give you guys an illustration of this with my daughter. I love having my kids here. They just get to be used so often. Where did she go? Oh, she's... Bethany, go around the other way. Are you putting on your shoes? What was she doing? Putting on her shoes. Okay. Next time, keep your shoes on in church, okay? Okay, now I want everybody to say worthy of your calling. Now, what some of you might think that means is worthy to get a calling, okay? There's a difference between living worthy of your calling, the calling you received, or to say live worthy to get a calling. Are you listening? Many people think they have to live worthy for God to call them to do something. They think they have to live worthy, and then God will call them to salvation. They have to live worthy, and then God will call them to do something in the church. It's basically a sense of earning it, and then God gives it to you. That's not how it works. What did the passage say? Would you scroll up to that passage, please, just so you could see it? It says, live worthy of the calling you have what? Received. Okay, now let's use this illustration with my beautiful daughter here. Is she my daughter? By doing things to become worthy? Does she have to become worthy first to become my daughter, A? Or is she my daughter by birth and now called to live worthy of that? B, A or B? I'm going to say it again. Do do I say to her now, it don't matter if you're born into my family. It doesn't matter if you've been given the same DNA. It doesn't matter. You live worthy of my Daughtership and then I will tell you at some point you are my daughter. Is that how it works? Or do I say you are beautiful? You are made in my image Then we kind of look alike and the image of my wife, Nancy You are my daughter. You have received the calling to be my daughter Now live worthy of it live like a You got to put that Polish swag on it now. Come on. Can you say vorostik? Vorostik? Yeah! But we look more Italian and Greek than Polish, right? So here's the deal. She's already been given everything she needs to be my daughter. It's her choice to whether or not she wants to live like it. So let me give you an evidence of this. Let's say I give her my credit card right here, and I give it to her and it is hers, right? Now, at a certain age, she will have this. She will have her own, right? At 16, she's going to have her car. Now, some of you say, pastor, that's unfair. She should work for it. Now, you didn't let me finish. Let me finish. She's going to have a bank card, a phone, and a car, and no more allowance. That's how we're going to do it in our family. You do it your way. We're going to do it all right, but track with me here. Let's say right now that this represents her calling to be my daughter, okay? And this credit card now gives her the resources that I have and I've worked for. Who did the work so there would be money on here? I did, right? Now it's fun teaching kids where money comes from, doesn't it? Because they just don't understand at first where it comes from. They just think it grows on trees and then you just take this little plastic thing and, and then stuff comes home with you from the store and they just love that. Put more stuff in the, the basket then. I can carry more, you know? And so you have to explain to them where this stuff comes from, right? So we're going to do all of that, but let's just say she understands all of that, right? So she's got her card. She's got her keys. She's got everything she needs. Now, what would happen if she came up to me and said, Dad, can I have some money? I would say, you already got money. It's on the card. What if she came to me and said, Dad, can I have the keys to the car? And I said, you already got the keys to the car. What if she came actually day after day after day asking me for things I already gave her? Would we call that humility? Something's wrong, right? So let's just do this example just with this right here, okay? You're going to ask me for money, and I'm going to say you already have it. Then you're going to ask me again, and then I'm going to say you already have. We didn't practice this, but we can pull this off, right? Okay, do you have something to ask me? Can I have money? You already have it. Can I have the keys to the car? You already got it. Can I have the keys to the house? You already got that. (laughs) Now watch, now watch this, watch this, watch this. This is where we miss it with God. We're asking God to bless us, and he's saying, I already blessed you. We're saying to God, God, I need this thing. And God said, I've already given it to you. But you're saying, but I don't see it out here. He said, but I've already put it on the inside of you right here. Everything you need for a life in godliness has already been given to you. Everything in your calling you've already received. Now, this is how he wants you to talk to him. Watch the difference. Ask me what you should spend your money on. What should I spend my money on? Well, what you shouldn't spend it on is Shopkins because those things get lost in the house and in the car. What you should spend your money on is clothes to look nice like this for church, books to read, and things like that. Okay? Let's give it up for Bethany. Let's give it up. See, the difference is not, God, give it to me, give it to me. No, because every time we're saying to God, give it to me, give it to me, he's saying, I've already given it to you. Oh, some of y'all, need, I got a lot of amens there, but I got to show it to you in the Scripture. I want to show it to you in Ephesians chapter 2. Can you put up the Bible for me? Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, no, go to Ephesians chapter 1, Say, around verse 8. I want you to see this. You've already been blessed in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Thank you, right here. Let's find that passage for me. Uh, which, which verse is it? Go up a little bit. Mm -mm -mm. Somebody find that verse for me. I want you to see it. I'm going off the notes, but I need you guys to see that verse. Thank you, verse 3, right at the beginning of the passage. Thank you. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with how many spiritual blessings? Every spiritual blessing in Christ. So how should we be coming to the Lord? we should be coming to the Lord saying, gracias, Señor. Thank you for everything. Thank you. I don't need to ask for another thing right now that you haven't already done. So I'm going to start off by saying thank you. And now I'm going to ask you, how do I live worthy of what you've given me? So yes, God bless my job. Give me increase. Do all of those things because you've already made me a blessing. You've already given me wisdom and understanding. You have made me a leader. You have done these things in my life. How do I use them now? How do I walk worthy of them now? And next week, we're going to talk about being completely humble because that's part of it. you got to be completely humble because what what could uh, Bethany do? Bethany could come to church on her 16th birthday rolling up in her car and say, look, I got a car. Y'all don't got a car. You still taking the bus. You lame. She could do that, but then what am I going to do? I'm going to take the car right away and say, "Now you got to take the bus." You don't understand, right? And some of you are like that's why I'm never going to give them a car. They got to even earn that. We well, see that's on you. But track with me. But if she comes here in the car and she just goes, "Thank you, Jesus. My dad worked hard. My mom worked hard. I got a car. I'm going to get a job at Target, and I'm going to save up and I'm going to pay off my bills. You know that I've spent whatever I spent. I'm going to pay whatever I buy. I'm going to pay off no credit card or whatever. You're going to say that girl's humble, right?" It's not money that makes you prideful. It's how you look at money that makes you prideful, right? And so the idea is here, God wants us to be humble. He wants us to be gentle. He wants us to treat others the way we want to be treated. And we're going to learn about that. But here's where it's based. It's based in walking worthy of your calling. And I want to start off this year by inspiring you by some folks that aren't even ready for it. But I need them to come into this room. Berto and Lauren, I need them to come here, please. Because I want to start off this year by some of our people just saying thank you to the leaders who have made this church an awesome church. And you know why? Because they walked worthy of their calling. It's not that they didn't make mistakes. It's just whenever they did, they were humble enough to repent. They could say they were sorry. They were able to take life serious enough to say, I want people to follow me as I follow Christ. Because we received a calling that's worth giving our life for. And so I'm going to start with uh, Juan Riasco as he speaks to Berto. Berto, come on up here for me, please. Let's give it up for Juan. Man, when I, was, uh, when I messed up, <laughs> you were one of the first people to have open arms for me. And uh, when I accomplished things in my life, you were one of the first people to thank me. Uh, you were one of the first people to reach out to me and pray for me. And, and uh, I just want to thank you for that, man. Thank you so much. Amen. Where is Lauren at? There she is. Stay right there. I, want, I don't want to get you too close. Unless you can not come closer. Can you come closer? Desi has some things she wants to share. Come on up. You guys can both stand on the stage too. Hi.
1: I remember the first few times I saw you. I thought to myself, man, she's always giving me dirty looks. But little did I know, you were looking at me thinking, I'm going to disciple that girl. And I cannot thank you enough. You've taught me that in a world where false friendships backstabbing and lies abide, that there is real friendships formed by real people who actually care about you with real love. Because of how honest and open you were with me from the start, it was easy for me to be open in return. I remember after our first few meetings thinking to myself, Wow, she's so cool and down to earth. I love the way she talks and the words she uses, like homie, roll dog, nickname me, Desi Boo." <laughs> for most people, that would be whatever, but for me, it meant everything. See, in order to understand the impact Lauren has had on my life, one would have to know, uh, understand who I was before. I was a young single mom with extreme trust issues, came from a church that told me everything about me was wrong, from the way I looked, dressed, spoke, to using words like homie. But when I saw this awesome, powerful woman of God that she is and heard her say homie, I was sold. I was in awe. When I arrived here, I was scarred. I felt like damaged goods. I couldn't even love my kids the way I was supposed to. I felt defeated and lost, and that's when discipleship came into play. 101 with Lauren was life-changing, and I was able to break free from those things. You taught me that God can still use me despite my past, that God can still love someone like me. In our times together at Single Moms Life Group, you taught me that being a single mom didn't mean that being a single mom sorry, didn't mean I couldn't make a big impact in the kingdom. You taught me to trust, to be real, to be open with others, and to believe in the body of Christ. You gave me the hope that I could change, that I could one day be the woman I am today. (laughs) You never doubted me, but told me I could do it. You always pushed me in the right direction, even when I started swaying the, the wrong way. You've shown me that a single mom could have a happy ending, a fairy tale story, Children who call her blessed, and a husband who loves her and sees her with the eyes of God. I remember being so confused and afraid to make the wrong decisions in life, and you would sit there for however long I needed you and help bring clarity, speak sense into me, and rebuke me when needed. Not only were you there for my behind the scene moments, but you were there for my oh so big moments, like saying I do. Now, it wasn't always rainbows and butterflies, there were plenty of times that I'm sure I've got on your nerves and disappointed you with bad decisions, but you never stopped looking at me with the eyes of love. You corrected me with love, rebuked me with love, never looked down on me, but always kept it real. Fast forward years later, and you still encouraged me to be better in every area of my life. You still love me, and I know without a shadow of a doubt that I could always trust in you, always count on you, always have a friend in you. Even in this season of your life, you still remain selfless. Lauren, you will forever have a special place in my heart.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Let's stand up and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Come on for what he's doing. Yes, Lord. Band and altar workers, would you come? You see, when we live worthy of our calling, that shows the world that God is working in us to bring his kingdom through us. This year, you have the opportunity to live worthy of your calling. And if you're not a Christian, that means you haven't received the calling, then come up, let us pray for you today to receive the calling of being a Christian. Be born again. Be a disciple of Jesus. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, come up. We'll show you that that's for you. You can receive that gift. Today is a day of walking worthy of our calling. Everybody get the difference. We're not walking worthy to get a calling. No, no, we can never be worth it in that way, never do good enough. We're just receiving the calling like a gift, freely, humbly, graciously, and then saying in gratitude, we're gonna walk worthy of what you gave us. My daughter in gratitude now wants to be a good daughter, a honest daughter, an obedient daughter, not to try to be my daughter, but to show what it's like to be a daughter in a Yrostic household, amen? Show the world what it looks like to be a son or daughter of God. Show the world what it looks like, and I promise you, what you saw happen with uh, Juan and Berto, and what you heard today with the testimony of Desi and Lauren, people will say that about you. I never thought people would say that about me. I was a high school dropout, I did drugs, I was a criminal, but people come to me all the time. And they say, thank you for serving God. It made a difference in my life. People want to do that with you. Father, thank you for today. We're starting off this new year walking worthy of our calling. We thank you that you gave it to us by the blood of Jesus. We could never earn it, but we freely receive it. And we say, gracias, Señor. Thank you. Now, Lord, we ask you to empower us by your spirit like you said you would to live the life that you called us to live. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Let's give it up for God one more time. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Slap your neighbor high five and say live worthy. Come on, live worthy. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Start your year off right. Come up for prayer if you would like some now. Otherwise, we'll worship and we'll see you at Life Groups.